Oh, you two are killing me. I'm not. I'm gonna have to defend that shit. <laughs> you don't. God. You don't have to. <laughs> no, I'm gonna. <laughs> Captain Spot, Stardate thirty two seventy six twenty two point one. Welcome point aboard one. the Starships Enterprise, and thank you for joining us as we take a brief shore leave from the world of cinema scenes to explore the universe of. I'm so sorry. Appears to be a malfunction with the comm system. <laughs> Seems to be some kind of irritating gremlin inside it. <laughs> I am your Captain Ian Whittington, and with me, as always, is the badassador, Danae Hughes. <laughs> Yay! I like that one. I'm going to change my name. So we use like a little visual to connect, and, I, and right now it just says Ambassador Danae, but I'm going to change it to Badass. I, I am sending a petition, Badassador. I'm sending a petition to Starfleet to make sure that is officially what everyone is now called mm-hmm. and he's made from solid uranium it's commodore dicer oh thank you thank you does geranium geranium mean anything <laughs> to you um aaron geranium is a flower um, yes it is and... geranium solid geraniums uh, uh so no, no. i'm feeling very pretty right now very beautiful deuranium deurane d-u-r-anium is it <laughs> I have it written uh, in front spell. of me. I'm going to try that at my next uh, spelling bee. Uh, yep. D-U-R-A-N-I-U-M. Could you spell the word before I make an attempt? Um, no, that means duranium means nothing to me. Is it like uh, um, unobtainium? Um, no, it's, <laughs> it's the opposite, um, kind of. So Danae's just done a quick Google search for us, and the first thing, that's the Avatar thing, Unobtainium, yeah. The first thing that came up when you typed in Duranium is a ton of starships. So it is the go-to, like, hull structure. Right, no, this foundation. is what I was saying. So this it's, is why made, I... it's what ships are made out of. Well, I appreciate that. I All I did was I was like, so what I was going to say was, if it's like unobtainium, it's just basically taking what you want it to represent and then making it attainium. So oh, this is just like durable. durable anium. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's just exactly. duranium. So that's exactly. where I was going. Yeah. I knew it had to be something durable. <laughs> um, so, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change yours to com- Commodore Ambassinanium. What's what? Yeah. <laughs> Yes, that's exactly what he said. Amazing. Okay. Well, I mean, six minutes in, and we've, we've covered nothing of any relevance to the show. Um, no, no, what are you talking about? We're doing important work here. The podcast that is made out of uranium. But yeah, it's like, oh my god, there's, um, there's, we're detecting some uranium in the thing, and that would always tell them, oh, this is a Federation ship. Because um, uh, only the Federation has mm, access aniums. to uranium. To the rest of the the universe, it's unobtainium. But to the Federation, nice. it's duranium. It's nice, it's nice. duranium. Yeah. yeah. What always makes me laugh with those episodes is that the second they figure out, like, oh my god, this is this is a Starfleet ship. That's when the little piece of hull goes past the screen that has the name of the damn ship on it, <laughs> and it's like, oh, yeah. now you find it. Yeah. It just so happens the USS name here. I, it's one thing I've never understood. I think we even mentioned this on a previous episode, but I don't understand the whole identifying ships, knowing when they're nearby. It is always so convenient to whatever the plot needs it to be, like mm-hmm. when they discover a ship's nearby. It's like, shouldn't there be some sort of like technology advancement to where you could send out some sort of signal, you know, 360 degrees in three dimensions? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> like to see if <laughs> any ships are within the you know a thousand yards or whatever. I don't know. I just That's it what seems they, do. they have scanners that do that. Like, they well, do they scan do, for but they'll ships. Go, what they'll do you go, mean? Oh, there's there's a ship on the start, and it's like right next to them. And it's like we didn't know it was there. It's like yeah, but it's <laughs> always being masked by like the magnetic <laughs> right, pole right, of exactly. the ship, yeah, or like yeah, a gaseous exactly. phenomenon, or it's in the blind spot of the exhaust. So I guess I guess what I'm saying is, especially if it's like a Federation ship, you would think those ships would have some sort of like beacon they're sending. Like, oh, no, no, we, they do. Uh, they have okay. to. It's, so it's always suspicious when a ship doesn't have that and they're like, oh, right. they're breaking Federation procedures. Right. Yeah, it's a, it's a Romulan warbird. They're under no obligation. I'm just saying you should probably know it's a Federation ship before you look at the type of metal that's on the hull. <laughs> like it uh, should be. No, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> I'm more like, like one that had blown up. So if the bits of metal are oh, all that are I left. I see. I see. Okay. Should have been more specific. All right. It's a blown up ship. I got it right. now. Hey, podcast listeners, don't worry. They're still friends. They've just been arguing for a little while. Oh, man, this is a. Ma- I'm gonna have to cut some of this out They're of the just- intro and put it into the outtakes. <laughs> Daddy and Daddy are just having a conversation. Oh, that's oh all. my goodness! Right. Um. Before we get into the episode, there is, if you didn't see it, a sneaky bonus episode in your feed. Um. This is the first of what we hope will be many. Um. And in this bonus episode, um, myself and the ambassador were joined by Fleet Commander Jeremy Scott. Um, the voice of Cinema Sins, um, and we talked about Star Trek: The Undiscovered Country. Um, which Did you discover it? We we found it done. Mission Good. accomplished. Cool. Mission Great accomplished. Job. Yeah, it's on Great the job. knee in a very exposed and sexual way. It's yeah. just oh. right dangling, okay. just dangling where you wouldn't expect them to be. Um, uh-huh. Something in there. Yeah. Sure. So just as a little primer, all you need to know is that this is Danae's very first exposure to the original crew with Shatton, Nimoy, DeForest Kelly and everything. So mm. the very last original series movie is her first <laughs> thing that she's watching. So uh-huh. it w- there was some explanation needed. It's almost like a friend of mine who decided to watch the Scream movies backwards. <laughs> <laughs> I am that friend. I have, I, I have watched Scream 4, 5, 3, 2. Mm-hmm. In that order. <laughs> and I still haven't seen one. So, this week, uh, episode eight of Strange New Worlds, the Elysian Kingdom. Um, any thoughts, theories on what this week? Do we know what Elysium... Is that, is that a word I'm supposed to remember? Well, Elysium uh, is a movie starring Matt Damon. Elysian, Elysian, no. Is that... No, no, I'm saying, was that like an alien race that was brought up already? No, in a word. Okay. So, the book... The Elysian Kingdom is the book that Dr. Mbenga is reading to his daughter. But you know what? It's not going to be about that at all. Because it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, we, it's actually going to be about the Gorn. Like, it had nothing guys, to do listen. with it. <laughs> We know you've been trying to guess what the show is going to be about from the start, and you've not been doing the best job. So we're going to put it. This is the name of the book. <laughs> yep. You can bet it's going to be the book, and then they just fuck us. That's what's no. going to happen. So this is nothing. So basically, and I, I looked this up to confirm, but both in the Matt Damon movie, and I'm assuming here we're dealing with the original concept of Elysian or Elysium, which was this idea of this state after death where you exist not quite dead, not quite alive. It's kind of like a pre-heaven. Like in the pattern buffer. <laughs> like in a pattern buffer. That's what I'm saying, yeah. My only, it's a completely different spelling. Yeah, but it's certainly echoing that. I mean, it's like, it's, this I mean, yeah, ba- it it's like well one be. letter different, but, you know? But this could be about Vulcan sex and we just don't know. That's true, that's true. That's actually what that's it what is, yeah. That's what we're hoping, at least. Yeah, it's gotta be. <laughs> 
Okay, well, <laughs> with that, guys, I apologise for the intro. Um, it's, it's, <laughs> wait, it's, wait, it's, wait, wait, no, wait, 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 Welcome to Ten Forward, the part of the show where we grab a drink or whatever we want from the replicator and share our immediate thoughts and feelings on the episode we just watched. Most important question first. Aaron, what would you like from the replicator? I would like a goblet of wine, sir. Nice, nice, (laughs) nice. Ambassador. I'll be drinking a father's tears this episode. (laughs) Oh my. Um, I will be drinking gaseous (laughs) anomalies. Gaseous anomalies, yeah. <laughs> Gobbling up those gaseous anomalies. Was um, that your nickname right. in high school? Gaseous anomaly was it? Yeah, yeah. No, that's me. Anomalian. 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 That's it. Um, so this week, the kingdom of Elysian, the the Elysian kingdom, is the title of the episode. Um, <laughs> the crew of the Enterprise find themselves in a rather uneventful nebula until all of the events had to happen. And the crew is transformed into the characters from a fairy tale book Dr. Mbenga is reading to his daughter, with only himself and Hema immune to the fairy tale. And together they must find a way to crew. I'm just going to go straight to Danae because I have a funny <laughs> feeling somebody enjoyed this episode. <laughs> yeah, I had this one had some ups and downs for me for sure. Mm. Um, although my notes at the very end are fuck you. Fuck you, show. Fuck you, writers. Yeah. Fuck you, Star uh-huh. Trek. Yeah. It's just a lot of. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a lot of uh, me aggressively being like, "But who gave you permission to squeeze my motherly emotions there?" Yeah. Uh-huh. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't say. Yeah. Sure. You can get into my psyche and fuck with me as a parent. That's great. Let's do that. Which is thing about shows they don't have to ask permission, and perhaps they should. <clears throat> but that's my own issues with emotion aside, because. Uh, Aaron loves emotion, so this is probably like super exciting for him. Or for me, I'm just like, God dang it! I w- I didn't want to think about losing my child today. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I had so much fun watching this episode. I laughed. Mm. I almost cried. I would not let the show let me cry, mm. but I almost cried. That's huge. Um, I scratched my head in confusion. <laughs> I was excited when I figured things out early. So yeah, this was a good one for me. Oh, that's awesome. Um, I actually think that. Aaron will not like the emotions of this episode, but Aaron, what was your immediate thoughts, general feelings? Good call, Captain. Um, Yeah, this is a tale of two episodes for me. I enjoyed Mm -hmm. the frivolity. Um, uh, Like, really enjoyed the frivolity. I'm always down for kind of a goofy little play. And then the episode just went completely unearned emotion. Like, it's one thing to earn emotion. It's another thing... And we'll get into it in this instance, mm-hmm. but this is some of the shallowest attempt at pulling on heartstrings I've ever seen in Star Trek. Like, I'm not a Star Trek like aficionado like you, so there's probably some mm-hmm. other shallow moments. Oh, there are. There are far worse <laughs> moments. Yeah, far, far, this doesn't even rank in the top twenty. But, but I totally, totally get. But you're you're absolutely yeah. correct. The last 10, 15 minutes of the show, I was out. Like my brain was giving the biggest skip like ever to skip um so yeah that's that's a good call on your part wow wow i don't i get well i get where your emotion comes from danae but it is la- the laziest storytelling in the world but anyway yeah. wow you two wow <laughs> um my general thoughts was this was i was ready to call it at about 40 minutes in 
favorite episode of the season so far. Oh, nice. Loved it. Adored it. Friggin' just loved all of it. Give me that and Benga Hemmer team up. Mm-hmm. Love the characters who get to act differently to how they usually act. Love it, love it, love it, love it. It's a great holodeck episode in a series where we don't have holodecks yet. Perfect. Oh, that actually answers one of my questions for later, but we'll get to that in a minute. Mm, okay. Um, yeah, that last 15 minutes, uh, I can't even say anything about it now until we get to a sentence, but it is... It is Oh, you two are killing me. I'm, I'm going to have to defend that shit. <laughs> some you, of the, you don't have to. Some of the... No, I'm gonna. I mean... Hey, defend it away. And this we'll is completely, we'll we'll completely subjective. We'll sure. Some of the worst story arcing I've ever... ever it's to the point of why even bother with starting the arc if this is how you're going to end it. I like how... I clearly have a different opinion, and I'm like, you know, wow, this is going to be difficult. And Ian just slams it even harder. <laughs> like you're just begging me to come to the table right now. I, do, I don't beg. I'm just presenting my my thoughts um, in a in my own way. Uh, but onto the good stuff first. Danae, give us some good Let's stuff. Let's talk what about did you the love? last 15 minutes. Okay. <laughs> 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 I think we're probably all going to agree that just watching this crew get it to ham up this sort of medieval story where we get to see all of our beloved crew as a new character mm-hmm. in what will become some of the best cosplay you're going to see at a Star Trek oh, are you convention kidding? soon. Oh, you mm-hmm. don't um, even forget about it. Yeah. I'm so excited to see what people put together from this alone. Like Ortegas uh, in this outfit was mm-hmm. just fantastic. Like I cannot, I cannot wait for someone to come in with that haircut yeah. and everyone's going to be like, I know. Or like someone has been growing their Pike's peak for eight years or something. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and they comb uh-huh. it down into like the little swoopy, <laughs> like the little McDonald's swoop thing. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, the, the big thing for me, of course, is just how much fun they're having. Like, mm-hmm. and I'm going to say their their character names, but like Pike is just hamming it up, even though it's not Pike, it's the Both. actor. Because I'm not going to remember the actor's name. Hanson Mount. Um, sorry about that. I apologize. Uh, I really liked Ortegas in this one. Mm. It was really fun. And the back and forth between Captain Pike and Ortegas was just like super delightful. I almost want them to remember so that Ortegas can be like really sheepish and just like, I'm so sorry, Captain. <laughs> <laughs> I listen. I have a whole paragraph on that in this instance, so oh, okay, we'll, okay, we'll get yeah. there. I, I am. It's I may be the most angriest about them not remembering, but we will get there. <laughs> oh, it's so hard. That's so. That's such a hard thing to 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 swallow. Um, I definitely and agree with you. Dumb. It makes it serves no. It doesn't even serve story purpose. It serves nope. no purpose. I'm sorry. No I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm sorry. <laughs> I think it has one purpose, but we'll we'll get to it. I'm excited to hear. I'm excited to hear. Um, I also, my other favorite part, I think that I'll mention before you guys take over too, is it's really fun to see a ship reinvented. Mm. Uh, To see the bridge, you know, with all of the um, things, like the banners hanging down. Mm. And it was curious because you're watching it and you're like, okay, well, the ship is still active because... Mbenga is interacting with the ship. So mm. this is like something over the top of it. So there's two there's two worlds going on at the same time here. It's not that the ship doesn't exist. Mm. Uh, so that was a really interesting way to tell that story. But then in the hallways with the smoke on the ground yeah. and all the vines hanging down and just, it looked like, can you imagine being an actor and showing up on set that day <laughs> and just like how fun it would be to do this, these scenes, you know, like even the room that had the candles in it and 
sick bay was really cool looking oh, massive props to like the set design team and the people that like manufacture this like mm-hmm. yeah a you have like a fantastic set already and then you redress it whilst keeping like the ship that we recognize but just with like yeah the fog and the candles and like you said yeah the costuming is always fantastic i just this show regardless of content and the content is usually pretty good I love looking at it. I just like mm-hmm. sitting back and looking at what's on screen. Agree. It's so great. It's so fun. And you're right. This is that perfect holodeck episode without having a holodeck, mm-hmm. which I, again, did not know was a thing. I, I had mm-hmm. questions. I was like, well, well, why didn't they just do it like this? It's like, oh, because the holodeck didn't exist. Okay, okay. Oh, yeah. They just, they don't have that technology yet. Apparently, there's some, I think they mentioned some experimental things somewhere. Like, Discovery pretends to have a holodeck, but it, it isn't, and it, it annoys me, but never mind. But this ship definitely does not. One of the things I laughed at the very most was when Hemmer cast his magic. Oh, man. And I love that it's not just like, it's not just a bullshit. I'm going to hope that this all goes well. He (laughs) has a goal. He has a plan. And he's just like, bing. (laughs) He's like, he's like, I'm a wizard and I'm going to use my powers for powerful things. And he was just like stumbling through it and trying to play into it. Oh, so it's so great. great. That that scene killed me. I just Hammer, man. I keep calling for it. More Hammer, please. And more he Hammer. just sang in this episode. So I've so got great. to see his antennae move this I one. No, little wiggling Which about and so become Which was so cool, erect. like when he was taken over. Yeah. Something I wish we'd see more of because like the Andorians in Enterprise, um, which is the most recent series before this in Discovery, they had Andorians quite frequently. And they were always wiggling about. And then whenever they were like relaxed, they were down. But then like there'd oh. be a sudden noise and they would go ping. Like like perk up <laughs> like, like a dog's ears. And, like, turn around. <laughs> so great. So, so great. Oh, it was so cool. Aaron, what did you love about the episode? I, I think the key to the parts I super loved about this episode is how it took full advantage of doing this by creating alternate characters for people we already know and Mm -hmm. doing it in a way that was almost opposite of who they are on the ship. Very, very smart because it does a couple things. Number one, it allows you to laugh at the juxtaposition, right? So when Union Singh is like coming in with like real (laughs) like Kardashian energy or, you know, whatever. (laughs) um, The puppy. Yeah, you you get to go. Oh, yeah. that's so different, right? Like that's yeah. the opposite of who she is in real in the in the real ship. So you get to you get to play with that. You also get the added benefit of going. Look at those actors act. They've got Heck range. Yes, you know? yes like, they do. You know, that's and so that's really fun because you've kind of got you've got the show level and then you've got this meta level of. That's impressive. Nicely done. Mm-hmm. You pulled yeah. out, like uh, Nunyan Singh. I was like, that's like that's like real Jennifer Garner energy, like going yeah. on. Like you know, she's really funny real as range. a comedic actress. A little bit of Sand- uh, Sandra Bullock in there too. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, uh, yeah, I, yeah. I really, I really enjoyed. Uh, that was probably the my at least I think probably the best decision the episode made was to really give people the chance to to kind of play around um, like that. And I have I have several like quotes. That I just oh, I, so I died at. I don't know if you want me to go over those. Yes, but yes, the I want to hear them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The quotes. So, and I have from several people. Like I loved it when Hemmer was like, uh, "I'm going to use the full power of my powerful <laughs> wizard powers." Uh, Pike had a couple things uh, when he went, "Hold the jester." 
Uh, I just <laughs> died. the jesters. Hold the jesters. Hold the jester. I died. I died. Uh, and then the other Pike one that I loved when the white character was like the swamp of infinite death. And Pike was like, this is not a good swamp. It was such a good comedic relief in this episode. He's perfect. When so was other so were others because like you said mm-hmm. they switched their personalities mm-hmm. and so became like a comedy in a way but there was pike was on he was on point chapel had this beautiful thing that i always laugh at <laughs> where a character leans into the screen and says something and then leans out which i always find funny for whatever reason but as she leans in she goes what were her dopamine levels? <laughs> she just like she doesn't know what she's she really she talking about. I just want to be part of the conversation, people. The conversation. It's so great. Um, hugely quotable episode. I almost wish that Hammer had been under the influence as well, and that he'd been put in like into one of these comedic roles because, mm-hmm. yeah, whenever you see the harsh characters get to lighten up, it's so much fun. And mm-hmm. Yeah, Pike just being the jester is beautiful and you're right it really shows the range of of all of them um mm-hmm. it's my favorite part of the episode as well was just everybody hamming it up getting to play and have fun mm-hmm. Uhura getting to be an absolute like yeah. wicked witch of the west badass yeah. on her yeah. throne yeah so 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 great um just one side note i couldn't unsee that the dog was going to town on on leon laana's Ch- chestal area like it was just it was licking and then it kept clicking, and I couldn't move my eyes away. And I was like, "Stop that dog! <laughs> okay, Stop hold on it!" A second. This is in your positives of the show. <laughs> um, it's an observation. I'm not going to say it's positive or negatives, but it was distracting. And I was like, "Somebody needs to move that dog away." Ian would have definitely written an amazing sin there. Let's just say that. Oh, it would have uh, been. It would have been like yeah. every other word was boo yeah. or something. Yeah. yeah. I, oh, that's funny. So funny. Um, but yeah, no, it's just, it's it's great to see them hammer up and have some fun. It was, and it, I do. Do you guys? There was a moment when Hemmer, as himself, who later isn't him, he doesn't actually remember it, but he was himself, mm. right? Okay, okay. There was a moment when he was thinking about like ways that they could sever the tie between the nebula and Mbenga, and he's like, uh, if we can sever the connection, like by hurting you. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, Wait, oh my what? God, <laughs> Hemmer's kind of an <laughs> what? A- <laughs> it just kind of revealed a little of his personality uh-huh. that I was like, whoa. This is where I'm going to jump <laughs> <And> even- <laughs> to. It's like, this is going to hurt. This is gonna hurt. Like by hurting you, for example, it wasn't like make you laugh. No, no, no. It wasn't like it was like like, like hurting you. <laughs> pain. Matter of fact, uh, pain. He his character was really fun to see again. Which of course we know he was going to be there because of the previously awnings, but um, it was nice to see him again for sure. Um, I did like um the author of the book is a chap called Benny Russell. Now this is an outstanding and yet mildly confusing callback. So. Benny Russell exists in the Star Trek universe. So in Deep Space Nine, the the basic premise of Deep Space Nine is there are aliens that live in a wormhole and they can see time and whatnot. Uh, Captain Sisko at some point is given a vision and he's thrown back into the body of a chap called Benny Russell who is uh, an African-American Prince sci-fi story. And the, the big... It's such an emotional episode. Basically, he's not allowed to print his stories because of his race and it's not believed that anybody will buy into the fact that he has the ability to make these stories and whatnot. Um, And just the fact that this book is authored by him is so interesting because it means that he overcomes that, he makes his own stories, they're now held up as like great literature and he, it's it's just such a great callback to make 
name the author of this story. That's fine. So, so cool. Um, yeah, and that episode is far beyond the stars. Um, just If you're going to watch an episode of Deep Space Nine, watch that. You will be... That is how you earn emotion and how you earn uh, an arc inside of one episode. It is. Mm-hmm. It broke all of the actors, everybody on the screen. It is such a great episode. Um, so yeah, I, just, I loved that. A little cool. For the for the emotional uh, emotionally challenged, that's one to avoid. Thank you. Uh, no, <laughs> still watch it. It'll break you, and you deserve. You need to be broken by that episode. It's so so great. It's so good. Gee, I wonder what's on our short list of things to watch now. <laughs> uh, no, that is not one we'll be talking about on the pod unless there's a very specific set of circumstances. <laughs> it's just it's just you sobbing and me yeah, being it was like... just me being me sobbing completely. <laughs> um, yeah, I just Hemmer's whole like speech of "I will send you to the event horizon," <laughs> and Spock's just like it's not a thing. <laughs> that doesn't yeah. exist. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a dark realm full of chaos and monsters. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a real Princess Bride energy to some of those deliveries, too. Yes. Because like, he says, I think Spock in that moment says something about, he's bluffing. And I just, yep. I couldn't I couldn't get uh, Vincini out of my... Um, not oh, Vincini, yeah. Um, yeah, completely. How do we have a better lightsaber fight in this than we do in all of Obi-Wan? <laughs> <laughs> the Ortegas-like sword Oof. fighting was so great. Oof. It was pretty good. It was pretty so good. good. Yeah. It was fine. A couple of choppy cuts. Um, yeah. No pun intended, a- but... It was good. Is that something that the actor, you know, like sometimes these episodes are are sort of like after the crew has been together for a while and mm. you realize that they have skills. Yeah. And so you're like, you know what we're going to do? We're going to write that into an episode. Right. We need to see you swing a sword, yeah. you know? Like suddenly Picard knows how to fence. Um, that definitely <laughs> happens. Um, but, but it was fun. That was a fun fight scene. It was super duper fun. Uh, Danae, anything else you want to pull out? Um, you know, I'm, I was just looking over my notes. I really wanted to put uh, put forth the costuming in this one again. It was mm. just really, really fun. But that little girl, Rukia's dress, was mm. so The iridescent beautiful. flowing thing. Yeah. Um, I, I was sort of stunned by a, several of the, the, the decisions, you know, like that were made. But her, the, the fabric, I know I've seen it before, but that particular fabric is mm. just really 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 interesting because of how it lays it wasn't like a it was iridescent but not but still a solid piece and just picked up the lighting really really well Mm -hmm. of that room with a nebula behind and she just looked so beautiful in it and it had like you know the beadwork around the neck that looked very just you know regal and then it kind of had this ombre effect to it she just looked like a flower and i loved her hair yeah and those beautiful like thicker sort of uh piggy tails mm-hmm. kind of thing um but they were like poofs oh <laughs> it was so she looked incredible with like a little glitter on her face yeah. and i have a theory about the glitter and i just want to say that it had to come from um the oh what's the one that's usually she usually fights well uh, uh, no not union sing union sing that came from yeah. her dress which the moment that that dress came in the room i was like what so were they pretty. thinking? I love that dress. It was, I mean, no, 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 hold on. Hold on. Okay. I'm not thinking it's beautiful, uh-huh. but you know there is glitter everywhere. Oh, yeah, they're like, not cleaning the shit. Everywhere. Yeah. That is, the set is ruined. They're going to mm-hmm. give that to a, some movie that they can blow up, just like I learned about for Star <laughs> Trek si- six. 6. 6, yeah. 
This nice. is the blown up. And why? Because glitter is everywhere. There's no avoiding it. It is nope. everywhere. It, that is why it's on the little girl's face. Because she went over and she gave that actor a hug. Mm-hmm. And then like, you know what? We can't get this off now. We're just going to roll with it. Work just it into the story. Yeah. Just rub your face on there. This <laughs> is why go. they have to write her out. Because they'll never remove that <laughs> glitter ever. <laughs> no. It's just like to this day. Suck yeah. to her body. Um, I also had to say that another note that I had was the name of the dog. Which was Princess Luna. Yes. And for a split second, I was like, the dog is that rock, that stone or whatever it is. Oh, like, what no. if that's the secret? Like, because I knew like this entity is hunting for it, whatever mm. it means. And I didn't know what the it was. I didn't know why it was interesting. So I was trying to figure out what it was. And I'm like, is it the dog? But no, this being just created a dog out of nothing. Apparently, <laughs> so. So, like I thought, like maybe the dog was the alien, and they just didn't realize that. Yeah, we, we can't communicate <laughs> with dogs. Yeah. <laughs> is it the stone? Is it the alien? Yeah. Like what? And then he scans the dog, and I was like, okay, check. All right, or I guess we're, I guess we're fine. Um, and I think the only other thing I would say that I appreciated that they did, although I think you guys are gonna send it, is bringing in the adult conscious version of the child to speak for itself which I know is an out for them to justify the decisions that they made Mm -hmm. and made us endure in this episode. Mm -hmm. But I still feel like it was a good, good idea um, and a much needed moment for me to believe that that character, Omega, is going to be able to get over what just happened. If they didn't have that scene of reconciliation, Every single time that that man was on screen, I'd be like, there's no way he's not a broken man. There's no way he can, you know what I mean? Like it would be really hard for me to, to kind of just move on from the decision that they made to make this the child's ending. So I thought that was interesting. I still think he's a broken man, but yeah, I agree. It does give some credibility to, if there is a strand that I can hold on to that this man is okay, it's the fact that he saw his daughter happy, grown up and living a life, but that's still not it um anyway onto the good things commodore quickly commodore give us <laughs> give us something else that you like uh you guys have really mentioned all the other uh pros that i would mention like the the set design the costumes um all those kind of things uh i guess the only other moment that i was thinking made me laugh was at the beginning when pike is like you know ah, oh, no battles oh, no man. chaos <laughs> And then he almost breaks the fourth wall, basically. He's like, he almost looks right into the camera and goes, isn't it a nice change of pace? Like he's talking to us or something. I thought that was really funny. I mean, he didn't literally break the fourth wall, but it was like as close as you can get. man, I wrote it down as a sin. And I was like, can I? Because they've just written it down as well. They just Mm -hmm. just took us to this instant and said, no, you're jinxing it. This is what always happens on these episodes. Yeah. yeah, fine. I'll give you a pass. Hung, you you yeah, knew exactly had, what you were doing. They hung a lantern on it, but I just I yes. thought it was I thought it was funny. Um, I just wanted to mention too. I thought it was an interesting thing to throw out that we see Doctor Umbenga like working in the lab and inhaling mm. this sort of potential hallucinogen, and it was actually like a red herring. Um, I thought that was clever because every once in a while, it's nice to kind of have clues on screen, but some of them just really aren't clues. It was just something that he was doing and that d- didn't actually play into the mystery, but they gave just enough sprinkling of, of, of potential mm. that your, my puzzle brain was activated and kind of pulling from information. So I thought that that was clever. Oh, for sure. I assumed that that was why he was immune. I think it was the nebula choosing to use his daughter's story to speak to yeah, him. Yeah. I think Denise, right. Right. That's what, okay. that's what I, that makes nebula, much more sense. I much prefer that. Yeah. The nebula wanted the child to have fun. Mm. And so the yeah. child was playing a game with her father. Yeah. 
So it had nothing yeah. to do with the experiment. Oh, that's awesome. The experiment is a super red herring then. That's, that yeah. shows a high level of awareness of, yep, this is the trope you think we're going for, but it's mm-hmm. it's not that. I love that so much. Because what are the odds that Mbenga just happens to find an immunity to this thing and it's so linked to him? No, I like mm-hmm. that a lot more. Um, <clears throat> I There's just a couple of little touches that I really liked. It was the shift that um, Mbenga made into, I know how this story goes. So I'm going to lean into it and use that to my advantage. So when when he quotes the accords that stop Hammer from, or should have stopped Hammer from getting kidnapped, I was like, yes, use your knowledge. This is like if yeah. I was stuck in a Star Trek holodeck, I would start like quoting treaties and like I would know how to interact with some of this stuff. Like he wasn't mm-hmm. as clueless as maybe some stories might have made him out to be. So I, I like. Um, and on a similar vein, partway through, I was like, man, this episode would be so much better if there was somebody with him. Like, if he had a team mm. up with somebody else on the crew that knew that this was all bullshit and then enter and then Hammer. Hammer. And I was like, oh, yes! so good. Love it. So good. So satisfying. To that same uh, note about them kind of knowing and seeing things in advance, too. Like, I really like how um, before they got into the story, because the story is like what you remember really about, obviously, this episode. Mm. But leading into before it switches over into this medieval mystery uh there was this really interesting moment where you could see that his daughter's life was like really weighing on him and he mm. was beginning to lose touch with his job and there was this really interest to me interesting back and forth between Mbenga and number one mm. and she again showed an example of a strong woman who understands what the crew and the ship need gets information is understanding about circumstances, but still has boundaries. Cause mm-hmm. she was like, you know, I think you should get some rest. And he's like, no, I'm fine. She's like, well, then this is an order. Yeah. Just, you know, like that rest. sort of conversation back and forth of, yeah. are you okay? You're not okay. You, so she's taking care of him, but also mm. her crew too. I don't know. It gives a lot of, this episode did an interesting thing where it really gave me some more weight about how the ship crew mm. interact on a regular daily basis, which would be kind of boring maybe to see all the time, but it gives that. And then it went into this like wackiness, mm. you know, uh, and then of course swinging back into some seriousness at the end. I love it. If the but definition of what, it was a, really cool. of what the first officer should do, um, and it we, we see lots of people take, lots of first officers take up this role of, the captain has to remain a little bit more distant because he's got the really tough decisions to make. And the captain, the first officer is the one that is more on the level and does like performance reviews. Like we've literally seen Riker do performance reviews. And I yeah. I, I love that nitty gritty day-to-day stuff. Of me, how yeah, Starfleet me too. Operates. Um, it makes it real. Fun. Yeah. Um, last thing I'll say is that obviously I love that it was Dungeons and Dragons. Like this was such a D&D <laughs> episode. It turned into a literal dungeon crawl on the Enterprise of, Got to get to the queen. Got to get to engineering. Um, l- love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. So good. Um, any final thoughts, Commodore? No, I think I said what I needed to say. Beautiful. Hemmer was the MVP. Um, that's. I don't take any questions. Hemmer was the best. <laughs> Abracadabra. Um, okay. With that, let's head over to engineering for recent instances. Futile. <laughs> Warning. Warp core collapse in 10 seconds. This is the part of the show where we re-engage our sin brains, remind ourselves that no TV show is without sin, even our beloved Star Trek. Danae. I just realized I should have saved the glitter dress for sin. Oops. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're fine. Definitely should have been you, sin. How dare you, Danae? Sorry about that. Ruin the podcast. <laughs> Ruin. Absolutely ruined it. Um, okay, Danae, go first. Oh, um, okay. Um, so there, the moment when Hammer says, don't look, it will blind you. Mm. Didn't he say that to Mbenga as well? 
Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Good. I just wanted to make sure because I think that that means that what I would send here is that, oh, but we can see it. Oh, you're going to blind us, the viewer. <laughs> blind the like, audience. I like, like, why didn't yeah. we? Yeah. Uh-huh. Break the fourth wall there. You didn't there. tell us. No. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> I think I'd have some fun with that one. It was a really fun moment where he's like, I'm blind. It won't bother me. But, you know, turn away. And I'm like, well, are we supposed to turn away? Like, Camera oh, zooms God. in. Well, I'm fine. <laughs> didn't blind me. <laughs> yeah it's like all the sparks are flying out and i'm like oh maybe it's not you know thank thank god it's not showing the actual laser <laughs> yeah very true oh i love <laughs> so that. i think that it'd be kind of a fun moment to have the narrator play with a with a script love it commodore i don't know which one you want to go for first man there's a lot um i i think that the the the, the strongest place to start is to start going over the what the rules and what really happened in this this you know nebulous fantasy storybook time because there are several important questions we need to ask number one Mm -hmm. what happened to ortega's head wound did it like did it just go away did it reappear when it was over if the thing can fix the leukemia it can fix a head wound no no, i I understand i don't know how but yes I, I understand. So then did it, Ortega wake up and go, oh, I guess I don't have a head wound anymore. Like, you uh, know, yes. like, okay. <laughs> all right. Um, the baffling on that point really quickly, the baffling thing to me, and this is what breaks it more than anything, is number one saying, huh, so you know what happened during the missing five hours as if this is news to her. So he hasn't filled them all in. So this <laughs> is apparently a, a seat. And she didn't know that Mbenga knows what happened so what all of them just scratching their heads and mbenga just went don't look at me i don't know either (laughs) until now he needed a minute his daughter just died not died were there three crew members that woke up with like arrow wounds going what happened to me (laughs) and and, and like that's it like he's just like the people who know that this is all just like a fantasy aren't worried about these people that just got shot with actual arrows. <laughs> I like, don't think that they did. I think that they were shot, but then like the nebula brings them back because yeah. it's this all powerful being that can so. create. But why isn't Mbega going it like, can- oh my goodness, I think we lost three crew members. He doesn't know what's going on right now. I think that the more surprising thing is that in the moment he was so casual in that corridor mm. where yes. all of a sudden number one is firing arrows and he's like i, I think i actually wrote this down <clears throat> we should put an end to this fantasy before someone gets seriously hurt and my response is like the people that have arrows <laughs> in them on the floor right now yeah. just, there's such a casualness mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for yes and that's before he knows that this all-powerful nebula is controlling the reality right there are some yeah. chest wounds. Yeah, there's lots of questions. Some of them got yeah. hit in the chest. And, like, why wasn't she going for kill shots is what I mean. Like, <laughs> we should have, like, arrows in eyes. Uh-huh. Well, uh-huh. that or even Ortega's character, mm-hmm. who is turning the sword and doing butts into the, you know, ribs yeah. instead of, like, chopping off heads. You never want to do butts into like- the ribs. You never want oh, butts God. in the ribs. <laughs> Butts in the ribs. Uh, and you mentioned the dog as a part of that as well. So this, so <laughs> yeah. if that dog was real, uh, mm. the nebula just created a, a a dog entity and then just put it back in oblivion and was just like, yeah. nope, you no longer that exist poor anymore. Puppy. Poor puppy. That dog. It was so cute too. It deserves to live. Um, anything more on on that specific point? Aaron. No, I just, I just, you know, like, I the want mechanics. all the rules. Like, you know, like I'm, I'm asking all the, I'm like, you know, are the clothes real? Are they just seeing clothes on each other? Are they actual mm-hmm. physical Great items? Question. 
you know. What about Spock's facial hair? And his <sighs> hair was longer, and right. he looked like a cool, like different person. Like, is it more mm-hmm. a holodeck, like a like some sort of hallucination, or are all these things actually tangible? And the show doesn't really care to get into that. I get but it. They but they are tangible because the bars block them from the transporter room, so it created matter out of nothing, including a dog. But if you believe that the bars are there, then they mm-hmm. are there. Like it but can then all Hammer be manufactured. Would have walked through it. Not if he really believes. Like it's all he can believe that he is holding on to something solid. Like it can it's all in our heads. Like touch everything is in there. So I think the entity was probably manipulating the brains rather than organic matter. But it doesn't matter. Show never tells us. But we also know the entity can manipulate organic matter because again the leukemia is cured or whatever. So oh, like hundred percent. Yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I just and it can I just, reverse arrows. <laughs> I just yeah, yes. I just want a little clearer, you know. That's fine. That kind of totally stuff. fair. Totally yeah, fair. Yeah. I mean, unless it would be nice, unless it hasn't cured the leukemia, and that is just fake as well. And and let me ask this: If we're dealing with the case where his daughter is telling a story and wants to play a game with her daddy, which is really sweet, right? Why is her daughter's game like, oh, but leave all the actual ship parts? Why not just like actually do a castle in a real like fairy tale world? You know what Kevin, I mean? That if would the, be the budget needed to do that would be huge. Aaron, it would be yeah, huge. Budgetary constraints. Yeah. I understand yeah. this. Yes. So, so what, what I'm hearing you is don't yes, it's about this. That's what I'm yes. hearing. Yes. What, uh, if you're like, wait, this castle looks a lot like Picard's manor from Picard. <laughs> They're just like redoing the manor, reusing the manor. How strange. <laughs> um. So I'm not going to do the big big sin. We're gonna we'll save that for a, an overall discussion. Um. I was maybe a little bit nitpicky, but she, if she's sick of being beamed into the chair, like, can they not do this? Can you not do this somewhere else? Like, just beam. If it's just for I story the same time, thing. just beam her to his quarters. Beam her to the to somewhere else. I don't know if does it have to stay in that room or else she'll yeah, be Yeah, when detected? she was like, you promise me you'll show know. me your quarters, and he's like, yeah, I will. I'm just like, do it. Well, just beam in there for a few seconds. Yeah. Like, what's the issue here? Go on, Danae. Another sin would be that he never showed her the rest of the ship. By the way, anyway, um. <laughs> I guess technically she saw it because she was living outside once, everybody. I was going to say, once she became an all-powerful nebulous entity, I don't think she really cared anymore. No, <laughs> so, I, I think so. If I remember correctly, Ian explained that at this time, beaming a- around in the ship is not Oh, no, good. you're right. Even though they did this at the beginning of the show, they did this at the beginning of the show, and he, Ian was like, that's not usually supposed to happen, and here's mm. why, and it was a sin at the time. But the idea is that beaming within the ship isn't allowed it has to be in specific areas no, and right. one of them is to sickbay mm-hmm. which is why he has access to the transporter um and the other thing is that nobody knows that she's there so every mm-hmm. time if he did put her anywhere else in the ship it would be risking being Might be detected no that's totally fair i will rescind that sin it has been rescind <laughs> unsinned what? your resistance has been rescinded oh no my Resistance is not futile. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it's been rescinded. Danae has broken the show twice in one week. I'm so but if you bring it back up again, it will be rescind, and then Re-re- the resistance yeah. that was rescinded will be rescind. My brain hurts. Danae. Um, at the beginning of the show, uh, so we had just gotten through the previously awnings, and then we start off, and we're with Mbenga and his daughter, and they're talking mm-hmm. about this, this, this story. I had this thought and I would try to figure out how to just make it a sin. And maybe it's just a sin on its own. And I wrote it down. This is as he's reading to his daughter. Mm-hmm. I say, I just realized like in this moment that I no longer trust the show to not kill this child. <laughs> oh. <laughs> because we've now seen them do some pre-torture stuff with yeah. a child that didn't uh-huh. have its own agency. 
So I know that this show is going to go places that I'm like, ooh, I didn't want you to go there. And so I wrote that down at the very beginning. And I was like, I don't trust that they're not going to do something really messed up. Mm -hmm. And they did. Yeah, they did. (laughs) Uh, So, yep, I would write that sin. Just not trusting the show, I think, could be a fun sin. Mm -hmm. Something fun to play off of. Aaron? Uh, the show does start with some grinding, pouring, droppering excitement. Uh, that is for sure. That that scene where he's just like he spends like a minute of him just like yeah. grinding stuff in a bowl, uh, all that kind of stuff. So there's definitely have to have to do that one. I think mm. I'll bounce off. Can of I th- bounce off of that one? You yeah, both can apparently. Uh, yeah. No, you go for it. Go for it. Well, as long as we stay in the stay in the lab. We're, we're, that's we are staying mind. in the lab. Just that, that okay. containment field came in too late. Like the damage <laughs> is done. He's contaminated. It, I, if it, if if it requires a containment field as a as a um as a possible consequence, it should already be inside a containment field. Like do the thing where you put the gloves in and you deal with it like that. If it's that dangerous, like if you have to contain it, it should never have been exposed. My sin is in a way in my mind similar to Jeremy's sin about the ship having a kitchen at all. Mm-hmm. My sin is like, why are we doing physical? experiments in a lab at all at this point wouldn't this be all computer work you know like this would be simulations which was what i thought was going to be like a holodeck situation like wouldn't they perform their experiments in a computer Mm. and maybe on screen we would see it and know that they're in a simulation because of safety reasons but there's no reason that at this point in time that we wouldn't be just putting in information on like what the computer would be Mm. replicating to create these Mm powders and these liquids to mix together it's not like they have that stuff on board they replicate it so Mm -hmm. the computer would be running that information it wouldn't be having to put a doctor at risk of a non-hallucinogen powder or whatever you know so Um, yeah it doesn't make sense but one it makes it fun for us to watch because no one wants to sit down and watch someone just type on a computer i do i do this is how beverly (laughs) this is how beverly solves things she just sits in her desk and gets mad at the computer i love it it's great. It's, <laughs> it's my favorite thing. I love it so much. Like the, the um the doctor the the moody doctor from Voyager, exactly the same thing. He would just get angry, and that makes even less sense because he is the computer. He uh-huh. should just be running that shit in his head. Why is he staring at a computer screen? Uh, I was just thinking, like, what is a better way for us to understand that they're doing lab work, but it makes sense in this in the world that we're in so but when you said holodecks didn't exist mm, i was like oh so they really wouldn't be able to use that no storytelling mechanic the, so. the the best way i've seen it done is in voyager again and the doctor gets really really excited when he uh, replicates a centrifuge and it was a novelty to him so he does a lot of like liquid pouring because he's just like this is how we used to do it and this is really fun that's the only way i've seen it done kind of convincingly and even that is like <laughs> Pouring liquids is cool, yeah. but things that could straight up kill you yeah, because 100%. you inhale gas, totally gas agree. or something. Totally agree. Dumb. Just dumb. Commodore. Uh, that is one of the most ridiculous head injuries I have ever seen in on television. Her forehead comes nowhere near that console. It's at the wrong um, side of it as well, it's, I think. It's, it's completely the wrong side. And it's just like every Star Trek episode ever has, you know, uh-huh. the cast do the sway back and forth thing. And she knocks herself out because she's standing why she, like why was she standing how, first of all even if she hit, did hit the console how do her arms not like you know react and get in front of her <laughs> head like i mean this is just this is this is either terrible staging or mm. a really uncoordinated 
uh, Ortegas. So, um, but Aaron, how else do we get Mbenga to the bridge? I know, right? For exactly. the big reveal. Exactly. Um, this has one of my favorite annoying tropes is when you're in a simulation or something and you continue to explain to the characters that they are characters from a book and that they are living in a book when the people inside the simulation cannot possibly comprehend that. There's mm-hmm. no way they're suddenly going to say, oh, my life is fake. This isn't real. Like, And Omega does this throughout the episode. It's like, don't you realize this is how it happens in the book? And they're just like, no, because I'm in the book. <laughs> just give yeah. up already. This is, it's a futile exercise. Yeah. Danae. Um, the moment when he tells, when Pi, or no, uh, when Manga tells Ortegas to guard his quarters, mm. and she says, with my life, and promptly puts away her sword. <laughs> yeah. I just thought that was weird. Good point. It was just strange. Good point. Yeah. Like, no, 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 you have a sword. You can do that first. Like, you can defend it with their lives before you immediately sacrifice your own. Crimson Guard is lurking. You know, you're in danger. Mm -hmm. Just keep it out. That's it. Yeah. Whip it out. The Crimson Guard would be a great name for feminine products, I thought. I thought that was... Oh, Aaron. But no, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it, though? Am I wrong? Yes. Anyhow. On so many levels, you're wrong. Should we do it? Should we do the big thing? Should uh, we do the? We can. We... I've got several more, so you just let me know. Like I can do all all the little stuff before we get yeah, to the big do, one. If let's you do. Let's do some more of your little stuff. Uh, literally have a Bart say the line moment in this with the hit it. Oh, yeah, uh, hit it. <laughs> she literally says, "You're gonna say the thing," and it's just mm-hmm. like hang a lantern on it as much as you want. We're tired of this. Like this is yeah. <laughs> this is annoying. <laughs> Um, there was a, I think somebody said you, your words can polish the finest of apples or something like that. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. definitely an apple sin in there somewhere. Um, 100%. for 100%. sure. Um, and then the, the, the rest I have are the, the big ones, the two big ones at the mm-hmm. end. So. Um, the, the only other little one I had was that when he said, I really should have known that Roth was going to betray us because it's in the book. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yes, you are correct. Why didn't you though? Like, just like, just ding it. Like, just ding. ding. Yes, you absolutely ding. Like acknowledging the thing you just did that is stupid doesn't make it okay. Like, you absolutely should have said. By the way, at some point, Pike will betray us. Not after the fact. Like, th- there wasn't even part of the plan. That was mm-hmm. a bad move. This might be something you were about to jump into. Maybe this is the launching point of it all. But I think I would sin the idea that this entity wouldn't also just go ahead and take pops too. I mean, if the entity is lonely and wanting to absorb people and consciousnesses into itself, mm-hmm. much like the Borg, mm. by the way, um, why stop at one? Yeah. Why, why not question this nebula for just a second about its intention before you just give the child over? Um, so much. Obviously it's powerful enough to hold you in its powers because it won't let the ship leave. So, you know, but it basically holds, it basically says, you know, I'm taking this kid because I know better and I can make it live forever without pain or whatever. And the dad's like, yeah, cool. Um, now maybe he's been thinking about it for a really long time. Maybe this has all been weighing on him and he's like, this seems to be the best logical choice and their storytelling and their symbolism. And, it definitely hits on this idea that we as parents never actually can 100% know what the fuck we're doing is the right call. And it's scary. Like, mm-hmm. I kind of felt bad for Ortegas in that or uh, Manga because it's like, what would I do in that circumstance mm-hmm. if this was actually happening and happening to me? And uh, you can you know the right moves to make? Like, but the show didn't want to spend an hour having a conversation with the nebula. So we kind of like 
skipped through that heavier stuff, which this show has done multiple times. Mm-hmm. You know, we kind of skip along some things that need a little bit more gravity for me. But the idea that like dad not being able to like scan in for a visit or something just seemed if this is an all knowing being just fucking cure the kid. That doesn't make any sense in a way. And at the same yeah, time, it's like, whatever, whatever. So because this was just the ending that they decided to, to give with the kid. And I, there's obviously a lot we can send about it. Mm-hmm. Aaron, you're bursting. Freaking Deborah, man. Like, what, like. Deborah. What is. Like, yeah. <laughs> what was it called? The, the, the Genesian Nebula. And I wrote it down, did you mean the Debrula? <laughs> yes, exactly. No, the entire, the entire, entire resolution of this story is just a Deus Ex Nebula. Like, it's, it's literally, <laughs> literally Deborah just coming in and being like, you know i'm the great and powerful fog so i say so and and here's what like there's there's nothing interesting at all about the way this this all resolves and it's something it's Mm. you know it's one of the things the show's been dropping hints at and i wonder i wonder if in hindsight that maybe somebody wrote this episode and was like man i can't get it all in here can we introduce her being in the you know uh, mm. teleporter earlier can you write that into your episode like I just wonder yeah perhaps. It, it, because it just doesn't feel thought out it doesn't feel like like generally how you would think out a you know a story arc that is supposed to go for a couple episodes um, mm-hmm. it feels like a single episode story arc that was just dribbled into a previous episode but um, yeah that would have been a long episode I feel right yeah no I, I agree I don't on the opposite side, I guess, I really don't mind it too much. I mean, we know that this has been weighing on him for a long time. He's been searching for a long time. And then we've had these moments of story, this reading the story too. So it's not like they just said, oh, believe us that this has been happening the whole time. It has been kind of woven in a little right, bit. Right, but I think that's the point that's that the problem. I was making. That's the yeah. point I'm making is that th- is that they, they have woven it in and then to finish it off by going, this nebula is going to show up and it's just going to do stuff because it says it's the right thing to do and also it's like none as of it's, little as possible it's, yeah and, and none of it's really going to make sense when you start to think about it um you know that an all-powerful being uh would you know want companionship with this little girl but then also send the little girl back or is the little girl sending herself back to talk to her dad because you know the audience needs to know that the dad's going to be okay or but if that's the case why don't they just set up some sort of like internebula phone system where maybe they can check in with each other every once in a while but also she's now 20 years older so you know what is that i mean Mm -hmm. it's just it's just there's so little thought to it it's just it's just a snap your fingers and and also the show has been setting up like other ideas like a whole other planet was able to like you know cure people from having diseases and he's looking into that and it's just like it's it's for me it's bad when the the show sets up ideas briefly that are more interesting than what it goes with in the end you know and it's just i just find it uninteresting and add to that the fact that it's really really trying to play like the emotion card um you know with uh you know deborah you named the entity after mom so yeah and uh, it is it is well acted that's not the problem for me it's it just it didn't carry enough it didn't carry enough weight it didn't carry the weight it was kind of asking for um it was too quick too contrived there's too there's not enough of a whammy there for it's relying on the twist or the resolution on its own to do all of the heavy lifting of of the emotions for me um 
Now, I will preface this with I haven't got any children, so I can't possibly know what a decision like this would be like. Um, but my big question was, how can you possibly, A, expect Mbenga to make that decision in the space of minutes? Like, as a parent, how can he fully, fully un- understand and accept the ramifications of what he's agreeing to? And also, how can you expect a child to fully agree to the ramifications of what she's agreeing to do? Like, this was a decision that was made in 30 seconds. And it's it's him saying goodbye to his daughter, uh, giving up on all hope of finding a cure, um, any kind of future with her, like, his defining thing. He's just like, yep, guess this is best. Let's go. I trust you. And just trusting her with the choice. Like, no, that's the whole point. You're a dad. She's not old enough to make decisions yet. Especially (laughs) those big decisions. Like, cool, let her decide whether she reads a book or not tonight or what time she goes to bed. Fine, but don't let her decide that she's going to be given up to a nebula. For me, it was just this... They wanted to resolve this, so it's how do we resolve it quickly? And I was like, well, if you you don't have the time to do it, don't do this type of a storyline then. And the fact that he never, I think you guys kind of hinted at this, the fact that he never goes, um, maybe take me too, you know, like, yeah. like never even suggests it. Or can I have 10 minutes? Yeah, like, never, even, never even suggests anything. Like, it's just like, oh, I guess this is the only option. And, and the, uh, so the, that's what we're doing. And the trip back where she turns up, I was, it was almost like, we know what we're doing here. Sorry, hope this makes it better. Like, mm-hmm. she is happy. There is no question mark here. She's not. Like, if she'd have come back and said, you won't believe what I've seen. Holy shit, this is a nightmare. Like She just comes back have... and she's, like, aging from infant to age. Just over and over, screaming had, endlessly. Yeah, just screaming over I and over again. I had this sci-fi th- thing going on when she's like, oh, dad, it tickles. Oh, dad. Oh, it doesn't tickle. Oh, dad. Oh, it's... T- right? Dad, no. It hurts. It's- <laughs> <laughs> I don't trust that they wouldn't do that. Because oh. guess what? They kind of did that with that kid and the other planet. Yeah, they're like, right. they're leaving that kid to just this horrible Screaming death. Screaming in pain, yeah. And so they've shown us that they're willing to do some twisted stuff. So for me, it felt even more unearned by bringing her back and saying, it's okay, this is the best possible outcome, best case yeah. scenario, move along. You're absolutely fine. It and almost, that just like, uh, it did all of the work for us. It almost felt, and I don't think this is the case, but it almost felt like the writers were like, eee. I don't like where we kind of wrote ourselves with this one. Let's just get rid of it. Let's just let's just it sweep it under. Like it. Let's just sweep it under the carpet and be done with this because it's not really going to go anywhere interesting. I'm pissed both ways. If this is going to be something that he keeps talking about over and over and over again, annoying <laughs> but understandable. If he is fine next episode and moves on, even worse. <laughs> I think that uh, you're right, Aaron. This episode was never supposed to be created, <laughs> but like the writers went on a couple months, you know, vacation mm-hmm. and came back. And they walk on to set and they're like, wait a second, I know this story. Why, why is this going into production? <laughs> the cast is all like, this is going to be so fun. And then they very quickly have to go write the ending because they're like, no, 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 no. We need something else. Oh, God. And then yeah. they just like put that scene in at the last minute. Mm. I don't know. I, I, it didn't bother me. I don't think as much as it did you guys because I think that it was, it's interesting that Mbenga had these alternate routes, but they also had their limitations because they all had to have time. You know, there's this alien race that you you change like uh, number one, Una's like her ability to, you know, cure things. That's not even allowed in Federation. Mm-hmm. Then they got the other one that's not even allowed with Federation. Um, and the relationship with the doctor that went to the rogue planet, that's something that's going to take 
a potentially a lifetime to develop. And this is the fastest cure before her physical form actually does mm-hmm. die. And I think that he would look at that going, I can't, if, if I'm trusting that this being is good, which is interesting because Hemmer was like, uh, it was really uncomfortable. But then the being is like, no, it's going to be great. You're going to mm. be happy and forever. Um, it definitely had that sort of like heaven vibe to it mm. um, where they're now playing into the thought of, um, you know, when we die, we go to heaven and heaven's a good place where there's nothing, you know, bad. And I think we all want to believe that something like that exists. And this is their attempt to give that storyline that happy ending rather than the scientific long haul ending. And I can understand why, because everybody is like this chick is stuck in a pattern buffer and she's a child and she's trapped and she wants out and she wants to play like this is really, really this needs to come to an end somehow. Why wouldn't they let it be cured, you know, with one of the other things? I don't know. Is it because then Mbinga would, you know, have to leave to go spend time with his child? Because there certainly isn't a, a, a storyline where he stays on the ship and the kid stays on the ship, just like we've seen with, you know, Worf's son or, or Beverly's son. Like we've seen <clears throat> children be on the ship before. Why not, you know, introduce a child into this instead of production wise? Kids are hard, man. Yeah. Could well, be that. I think Could be that. the bigger thing is they've set this up and they wanted to give it a punchy ending. If it's just cured, that ending isn't punchy enough. Now it is for me because I quite like science. So I would have quite liked that he managed to science the shit out of it or mm-hmm. somebody managed to help him do it. I don't, that for me isn't anticlimactic. Um, but it feels like they wrote themselves into a corner as that, well, we've built this up as a thread. This needs to have some big release, but. Maybe this is the end of like a four season arc, not the end of like, we've basically sat with this for, it's, it hasn't been mentioned Seven? every, it's, we're on episode eight, but it hasn't been mentioned every single episode. It's still right. given some lip service and that's it. Um, it's something that does lend a bit of credence to, to that time theory is that, yeah, the episode starts with him saying, I like years have turned into months and have now turned into weeks or whatever. So yes, there is a time crunch, but if he'd have started this episode by saying, I genuinely believe she has days to live. and I think that it was insinuated, though. Not enough. Like, not enough. Like, that needed to be front and center of, I am backed into a corner here. This nebula is my Yeah, there's not option. enough desperation for that to not, play. Exactly. Not enough desperation. To play perfectly. For me. I, I will also mention, it is quite possible this comes around again in some form yeah, or another. And that's and that's fine. And, and maybe it will, it will win back some... Some points, um, you know, there's there's a, a possibility that, you know, this will be the part because we've seen this show hint at changing the future. Right. And even this story that, you know, she's reading, she eventually gets mm. to change the story and change the future. And we know that Pike is dealing with a scene in certain future. And so she may play a role eventually in, you know, changing Pike's future or whatever, which by the way, gets really problematic in the canon, I'm sure. But, um, but it does feel like the show wants to play in that playground a little bit. So mm-hmm. she may come back around and be kind of a key part to, and they can do that. They can you I mean, she's all powerful. Like she can just pop in at any age but as any actor. All powerful. It doesn't seem, it seems like the nebula has some limitations, especially for proximity, because if they couldn't leave and she, if she was outside of its reach, then mm-hmm. her, the mm-hmm. illness would come back. So it seems like this is a very young entity that's new and forming. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's like a Q situation. Maybe it becomes something else. It's obviously two consciousness, uh, you know, a child that wants to play and create. And that's a really, yeah, that's a really interesting, maybe they create something that can extend beyond their actual physical 
fixed space in space. Mm. Um, but it, it wasn't very clear. And I think that that's, for me, was part of the fun of it in a way. Like, I would not enjoy an episode where the entire time is dedicated to Mbenga's emotional torture of making this decision. I I watched it going, man, he has been in this torture for so long. They've kind of established that with the beginning or take, uh, I'm sorry, Mbenga looking so, you know, forlorn mm-hmm. and tired and weary and just at the end of himself. And he thinks about it nonstop. And so to spend a lot of time hitting those notes again, as we've already seen in previous episodes, I think I'd have been like, I get it. He's tortured. And this is a relief for him. And I think it's a the writing attempting to give them just a beautiful kind of heavenly release while also not knowing the right answer. And they wrote it in such a way that it can really imitate a lot of people's lives, whether it's illnesses or sicknesses or whatever a parent has to go through and releasing their child into the unknown and hoping that it's for the best. It's a really horrible, beautiful, horrible, wonderful, horrible thing to have to watch on uh, entertainment because it plagues you when you become a parent. And I think that they did a really good job. And I loved how Mbenga was so, for me, the emotion worked at the end, just really having to like, okay, I just made that decision. And he had tears that were pouring down after the moment, realizing it had been made. And just this, like, I thought it was beautiful. And even though it was a little like pushed with the daughter coming back older and all that stuff, it was still, like I said earlier, I think it was needed to kind of help this to just move on. But I liked it. I mean, fuck Star Trek for making me feel, I liked it. Like I said, I love the, I think it was well acted for what he had to do. I loved um, the way it was put on screen and the way he acted it out. For me, I don't think you have to spend the entire episode on it. Like uh, you can set it up at the beginning. Like what if, just to frame it slightly differently, what if the this option was presented to him by the Nebula to begin with of we can do this and the the simulation was then his way of working through whether this is the right thing to do or not. So he's not he's trying to put off the decision and the Nebula says, right, let me frame this in a way that makes sense then and throws him into the simulation. So we, the audience, are sitting with it for the whole episode and he has to fight his way to the to the solution, and then comes to terms with, by the end of the episode, this is the right thing to do. Just subconsciously, that works better for a viewing audience than this decision is presented to him, he deliberates with it, and then commits in three minutes. Yeah, which is which is better on a audience realization level, right? Because mm-hmm. what the show is prioritizing is the twist ending, or not even necessarily a twist ending, but the solving of the mystery of what is causing this, right? Like the show yeah. is prioritizing, there's a mystery to solve about why this is happening. So which is the better realization? Oh, wow, it was a nebula that was creating a story with his daughter the whole time, or I've been with this man trying to make this decision the entire time and i can't believe that's the decision he made or man it feels like that's the right decision but that's like for me it's more engaging the human psychology of it is more engaging than the mystery but but shows love the mystery so i would have hated that because it's just like the whole time it's just like okay well then let's just get to the end because i'm in this torture i'm in this torture situation as a parent it would still be like the the humor and the storybook and all that stuff would be the same you're just able to live the choice with where it's going the whole time though for me i would have known the whole time this is where it's going the fun part about for me i was engaged the whole time with the predictions i was making Mm -hmm. about like what this nebulous Mm -hmm. wanted the fact that it turned into a 
metaphor for his parenting because I think it does do that. Mm-hmm. Like the whole story is geared around his, he, he is trying to figure out the best way. And mm-hmm. like, it's just, it's a really beautifully written, it's got a lot of layers to it. And I think because there's a lot going on in it, metaphorically and emotionally, that you kind of have to find your comfort thread and, and ride it through. And, you know, for me, it worked. I haven't even thought about the metaphorical angle of the story. Does that hold together? Is that something you were th- like, is the story itself metaphor for his journey? Uh, it, it seemed like a typical uh, king, you know, kingdom story. I didn't, I guess I didn't put that together. He does say at the end that the crux of the story is that this king has a crystal that gives him all of his power. And then he realizes that the crystal is um, conscious alive. and aware and alive. And that if he holds on to this power, it makes him feel better. But it will eventually kill the crystal. And he has to choose to release the crystal for it to live on. So, But it, the, that metaphor is only given to us right at the end. Yeah, Again, I, don't, yeah I don't remember knowing that. We don't that sit it. with it. The no, story is know. just a basic no. find this thing and beat the battle. Right, ones. okay. We're yeah. not, again, sitting with it for the whole story. Uh, yeah. it's, again, it's, it's waiting for that twisty punch I, at the end. I am th- I'm thrilled it worked uh, for you today, and I'm I'm happy to leave it at that. I think it'll probably work for for many yeah. people in the same way. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I have no idea. All I know is that they put a, a kid in front of me and killed it again. And if they keep doing <laughs> that, I'm not watching the show anymore. That's fair. Um, I last last final thought on it is I I don't mind what Mbenga's decision is at the end. I don't mind if he says yes or no. Either way, it's the journey to get there. And for me, that I can't. I struggle to buy into a journey that takes three minutes as opposed to cleverly doing it for the whole episode. You don't have to sit on it for the whole thing. Just I know that he's thinking about it. And then here looks something pretty. Go and do the adventure. Like it is, I think. Let us be ahead of him a little bit. Let the audience be ahead of him a little bit where we Mm -hmm. see that this story is a metaphor for the decision he's going to have to make, but he doesn't see it yet. And then at the very end, he sees, oh, the story the whole time has been a metaphor for this decision I'm going to have to make. And okay. (laughs) another idea go for it this episode happens like episode two or three let's say like three we we meet the crew we get to know the crew and their personalities and then they throw this one in right with some information about the daughter like sprinkled in like you guys said give us a little bit more all in this one episode and then we go on to the next one or whatever but then we actually for the whole rest of the season have never left the nebula because he can't make that decision and he's just holding everybody hostage forever. <laughs> oh, and we're just nice, watching man. all these pretend stories play out because oh, he really can't make that decision. That's re- pretty realistic. I, love it. I mean I love it. I love and, it. And I hate even, it. Like, I hate like it. Like a couple years have passed. Like uh-huh. technically nobody remembers and so it's technically no big deal. But then he came to the conclusion that he needed to let his daughter go because there really wasn't a life there for anybody. But you're right. He did make it pretty fast. Or the daughter keeps, you know, telling stories with the crew because she doesn't want to let her dad go. And they realize in the finale that the daughter has not let them go from the nebula and all these things they've been experiencing Uh are are different stories. And he has to battle his daughter in the finale. Ooh, that's crazy. I love it because then the daughter would actually have been like becoming this other, uh-huh, this entity, other entity weird thing this yeah. whole time. Oh she's, my God. She's it's becoming the- what he was afraid he would be where she can't let oh go. Oh my God. Yeah. I love it. And then and then super, super justified. Like, mm-hmm. I love that idea. Yeah. I hate it. I hate it so, so much. So well, then- and I'm, I have a specific example here of why I hate it so much. In Voyager, and this, I love my role on this show of just... Star Trek has done this already. Voyager lands on a, uh, I can't 
without getting into it too much, lands on a planet where they're all duplicated. Seven episodes later, the the ship starts falling apart and everyone starts melting and main characters start dying. And we're like, fuck, what is going on? And at the end of the episode, you work out that you're following the duplicated crew, not the original crew. And it is never explicitly said if those seven episodes between were the duplicate crew or the original crew. And that has fucked me off since I watched it because (laughs) I don't know. I will never know whether I need to give a shit about what happened in those episodes. The absolute worst pain for fandom is the lack of knowledge. The lack of canon. It absolutely is. Tell me if this is canon or not. (laughs) Um, It shouldn't, but it does. All right. Well, let's um, get let's get it let's let's uh let's get out of that then for for Ian and just ask mm. why no memories though why somebody tell me why doesn't no make memories? any sense doesn't make any sense it's such a better show if they have memories the show is yes. better it's funnier they they all have these can have these moments have a better connection you can poke fun at Lan so saying hey nice dress you can like, mention it later you can reference yeah. it later. They uh, have to live with the trauma of the dog not existing anymore. That's the only downside what, I can is, see. Is that literally... Because you said there was one maybe story reason uh, that they don't have memories. And what was that? Oh, um, uh, oh, it, sorry. Mbenga would have had to explain why... He would have had to explain his daughter to everybody. That's the, I think that's the big reason is that that's exactly what he would be say. in trouble for concealing the daughter. Conceal don't feel, Mbenga. Conceal don't feel. Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, it would have led him into a bit of a corner, which is why okay, I think it has to be. Okay, that's fair. Still lame, but that's fair. Still lame. He has to explain the escape, and he can't. Yeah, they had to. They but had to know, like, they, make it. They know something happened, right? I mean, she comes in and talks about it. Like, yeah, but if nobody nobody knows, then nobody can answer it. They just put it down to a mystery and move on. But doesn't? But she knows. He knows. Yeah, but and that's it. Stays between the two of them. That's okay. It. All right. All right. Okay. Fair enough. Never goes any further because Una's a badass. Right. Wow. Honestly, I, for better or for worse, it's why I love Star Trek. It just mm-hmm. it prompts this sure. incredible debate. And whether we agree it was done well or not, I'm super genuinely glad that Danae did like how it was done because, hey, that's probably mm-hmm. at least 30% of the fan base that agrees. So that is, there will always be different. Yep. I would like to think that I represent at least 80%. <laughs> I agree. Totally agree. I think me and Aaron are the ones that are too much. Yeah, buried in probably story. a little over analytical, probably. Yeah, that'll, that'll, be, that'll be it. With that, let's head to our final stop. Very briefly, the Captain's Ready Room. Welcome to the Captain's Ready Room, where we hear our predictions for the rest of the season and bask in Danae's glory for anything she predicted for this episode or anything else. I did Go for so it. many things. Did. did you, Aaron? Did you get some predictions this episode? The entire episode to the act, every scene. Like I, I predicted right at the beginning, the very first the daughter, the very first scene. I predicted the end. You can't prove otherwise. So yes, I did. Oh, oh you asshole! Such a butt. <laughs> Just setting no, up no, all for I, all, The only thing I predicted. The only thing I predicted is that the um that the story was the daughter that the daughter was controlling it somehow that's the only thing i knew oh, okay. to be that's pretty to cool. be certain cool. so yeah the, uh, i was i was thinking about that too when he went to go find her in the pattern buffer and could not find her i actually thought that she was the nebula at that point mm. that that was when mm. it became conscious mm-hmm. like when he had beamed her back in yes. that it actually beamed her out into the nebula somehow or that there was some kind of a, a bad interaction and right. she had become this conscious thing and this was her trying to communicate with her dad Mm. to say hey 
I've become something other now, and I like it here. But instead, it turned it into a, a decision he had That's to make. That's a better plot than the one we were given, oh, by the way. <laughs> I no really alien. liked that. Like, no, I was bummed. <laughs> no, no alien at all. The daughter just comes back and says, I'm okay. I'm mm-hmm. It's actually a brilliant... It's mm-hmm. so much better. And it's her Take trying it to help him. It's her trying to help him cope at that point. Instead of yeah. some random nebula that just feels lonely. <laughs> I'm not going to let you make this choice. I've already lived 100 years in this mm-hmm. nebula. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I am freeing you yeah. from the burden of my illness. Man, there, that's so much better. <laughs> there was a moment when... So I thought that that was what was really happening. And there was this moment when Hemmer and Mbenga are down in engineering with uh, Ortegas and Una. And they're all kind of chatting about the reality or whatever. Um, There was like this really interesting kind of like revelation that they had in that scene where he realizes that the story had changed and it was his daughter's version of the story. Mm. And I was like, okay, okay, we're doing it. This is happening now. And what a cool thing for her to be like, okay, I need to get his attention. And that the, the way that they were going to be able to communicate or something was between the dad and Hemmer, because in the story, those two characters are the ones that solve where this stone is. Mm-hmm. And so I thought that they were then going to figure out whatever mystery the nebulous needed to be able to do whatever she needed, which I assumed was going to be communicate that she was the daughter and all this stuff. So I was mm-hmm. really, I was super bummed as I usually get whenever I'm like, oh man, I had well, a really Especially cool when idea. you predict something better than what happens. That's always <laughs> annoying. Uh, uh, I did write down the very first mention of the mercury stone when, uh, which one? Lo, sing, La'an? Sing? La'an. Uh, Nunyan sing. Nunyan. <laughs> of course. Uh, when she walks in in her dress and she's like, where's the mercury stone? And I was like, okay, this is obviously something. I wrote this down. So there's an alien creature looking for the stone and using the people around to find what they want, using this book to communicate with a doctor and the entity is pulling the story from the mind. Nice. That's what I wrote down. That's pretty, pretty damn close. That's pretty close. Pretty damn close. Yeah. Close enough. I was pretty excited about that one. Nicely done. Um, I think those are my only two from the actual show as it was going down. But I don't think I had any more like predictions for the actual overarching show, mm. except for that if they don't go back and save that boy, I think that there are really dark people behind I'm, the scenes. I'm glad we're going here. Um, we are. That was eight, right? That was number eight, and there are ten, yeah, right? So we just got two now. left. So here are a couple questions. Number one, are they doing a two-parter? Like, and when I say two-parter, I don't mean legit part one, part two. I just mean are nine and ten going to play into each other? Um, mm-hmm. Thoughts and two, are they going to go to some overarching stuff like Pike's future, that kind of stuff, and do to, like right? a do like a cliffhanger at the end of the season? Mm-hmm. Um, all those are kind of tropey things that TV shows do. Will this show do those things? What do you think? I'm predicting that they. Man, it's so hard. So next week's episode is called um, "All Those That Wander." Um, I mean, all those who wander, which is obviously only the first half of. A saying so episode 10 could be mm-hmm. not lost. I don't mm-hmm. know so I, I think we're gonna have 9 and 10 will be linked in some way I think they'll still be standalone episodes I just think they're gonna have more of a connection than we've seen so far um, <gasps> Ooh, oh I have a prediction okay you remember when Captain Pike was looking up the children of the future that he was gonna eventually save and what if one of his children is the child that they end up saving at the planet I don't know how that would be possible because they don't they go back they save the kid they don't have- and then that's one of the children that he ends up having in the future that's like on the ship that he ends up saving in the future. He would have no twice. record of that child, though, for it to be in his research. Could be, but yeah. 
We don't know. Oh, it absolutely could be. Um, I don't know that we're going to explicitly talk about. We are saving that fucking kid. We are. I hope so. I don't think we'll explicitly talk about Pike's future. I think because, and the thing is, we know that happens 10 years from now. So there's no right. need to do to do anything resolution-wise with it this season. <laughs> In fact, you can't. I don't think. But if your if your idea, like if your overarching idea is to do standalone episodes that that show the next several years of of you know Pike's existence, and you do want to address it eventually, like you have somewhere you want to go with that eventually, the thing you can do is to layer in pieces of it each season, right? So something about this finale could end up playing into. You know, yeah. so if there's something with how they save this child or if they go back and save this child, I do think it's really a really interesting thought that they might not even mention it the rest of the season. Oh, and man. that kid is just they're getting it his might life be a force season two thing sucked out. Um, but if if they do, what part of that is eventually going to play into Pike's, you know, mm-hmm. future and how he's, is something he learns about how to save this child? going to teach him how to save the other children eventually or something like that he already knows how to save them like he does it he just has to sacrifice himself being in a chair um yeah i guess that's right i guess he's trying to learn how to save himself and the children and the children at the same time yeah exactly right um now there is a problem go on danae let them lead the way (laughs) show them all the beauty they possess inside show them all the battery power they possess inside it's so wrong. Take them so wrong. underground. Yep. <laughs> Okie dokie. Makes the kill easier. <laughs> Let wow. the floating lava city gleam. Remind us how it, it has, has to, to be. be. <laughs> I remember long ago. Never to live in anyone's lava. Sorry. Hey, Ian, you want your show back? <laughs> well, thanks for listening, everyone, as always. Uh, I'm off because it's hard to hear anything over the sound of Aaron's trembling boots. <laughs> Do I go next? I feel like I got reprimanded last time for going out of order. I think it's Danae next. Okay. Um, well, I want Aaron to go next. Okay. It's uh, I'll go back into the buffer if you want me to, Daddy, from me. <laughs> it's the Daddy at the end. Oh, I thought you were going to say abracadabra, so I'll take it. It's abracadabra from me. Amazing. And as always, live long in Potsdam. Thanks for listening. Want to connect with the show? Our hailing frequencies are always open through captainspod at cinemasins.com. Like, comment, and subscribe on your podcast player of choice, and be sure to visit cinemasins.com. Oh, technology! Just freaking keep up with me! How was shore leave, Commodore? <laughs> you officially had some shore leave. Officially, but I did know a fishing. You didn't know a fishing. It was all off the book fishing. I don't know. No, something. No, are we talking about like pahishing or are we talking about? Oh, are we doing the, the fancy computer fishing? Always. Is that what you were doing, Aaron? Were you mining? Were you mining for digital disastery and fuckery while you were gone? What's a miss? Listen, sir? you can only. I mean, a man can never have too many anonymous credit cards. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> like you know. Mm. Just different iter- like different iterations of anonymous. Yeah, every, just- every once in a while, somebody will figure it out. You're going to need another one eventually because mm. you know people figure mm-hmm. out you're using their credit card. You keep the keep the amount small enough; it'll take them a while to figure it out. But um, 
But Please yeah. stop telling people how to actually do this. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a movie out about two people kind of working the lottery system and winning. Yeah, Jerry and Marge go large. And then I just saw through... I'm obsessed with my newsfeed right now because it just fascinates me how I'm telling it what I want to see and what it's sending me mm. based on just clicking little things here and there. So it's trying to figure out who I am. Mm. And I'm, I have this weird relationship with my newsfeed right now. But anyway, I just saw this morning that somebody watched that movie, was inspired and went and did the same thing and just won a bunch of money. <laughs> <laughs> wow. How do you game the lottery system? W- watch the movie, Ian. The instructions are all right there. My bad. Yeah, that's on me. That's on <gasps> oh, me. I'm you're sorry. you're the captain, so you can tell him to tell you. Like he's withholding um, information on you. I haven't, yeah. seen, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen the movie, Com- so I don't know. Com- uh. Commodore outranks me as well, so I can't <laughs> actually give him on, uh, questions. What have you done with your I show, know, I've messed it up. Every- <laughs> I'm actually the lowest... I'm the lowest ranking person to ever appear on Captain's Pod. It's fucking ridiculous. Because, do you know why I include Albie in that? Because a counsellor and a doctor are two of the only people that can outrank the captain if he's either physically unstable or mentally unstable. Mm. So technically, there are occasions where they he outranks me as well. Wow. I am I am <laughs> the least <laughs> least powerful person on my own damn ship. I like how you stopped yourself from saying that you were the least qualified because yeah. you are the most qualified. I know I'm the most qualified. <laughs> oh, big head. You've yeah. just kind of you know, accidental to yourself. Yeah. Hey, you surround yourself with good people. That's that's the idea. I just surround myself with people that can overrule me whenever they want to. <laughs> so I think we can say this in the outtakes without it being like a, a, a too big of a deal. We can always bleep it or whatever if we wanted mm. to use this in the outtakes. But um, I'm I'm tweaking our names right now. I don't know mm. if you can see. I, I saw can I see yours. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna give. I'm gonna make you Captain Whittington. I'm gonna I'm gonna fix everyone so that when we use Twitch, if you're listening to the outtakes, you now know something. So when we start to you know go live yeah. on Twitch, you can see that our name is like ambassador. Nice. Mm-hmm. I love it. That'll be really so, cool. I mean, there's no reason we can't stream pretty quickly because we just do this but push it to Twitch. <laughs> exactly. No, exactly. That's, That's the idea. That's the point. That's the idea. Okay, how do I spell Aaron? What is, Aaron, what is yours? Commodore and... Mm-hmm. Commodore Ambassador? <laughs> yeah. um, when I screwed up that one week, yeah. Okay, so he's a Commodore Ambassador. No, I'm a Commassador. Yeah. Okay, we gotta talk. <laughs> come ass? Adore. Come Adore? as you are. Yeah, come as nice. you are. That's nice. what I meant. What did you hear? Good night, Nothing. Ian. No. Captain no. Pervert. I'm going to my quarters now. We um we haven't read an email in a little while, and we just have a really nice message that came out of the blue, which was lovely. And this was from the Star Trek Four Sins video. Um, so I'm definitely claiming that as a message to Captain Spod. Um, <laughs> <laughs> hold on. Wait. Hold on. <laughs> Before we go into this, I just want to get... So this was not an email to Captain's Pod no. at CinemaSense.com. This was no. not a tweet to us at Captain's Pod CS or whatever our tweet nope. handle is. This is a comment on a CinemaSense YouTube video that you're yes. claiming for us. Confirmed. Yes. Okay. Well, we all know this person just didn't know how to email the podcast. And so they're like, I'll just do this other thing where I comment on a video. I think. I love how we're doing this and you haven't even heard what the comment is yet. 
I know that's what I was going to say. It depends on the comment, right? Of course right? it like, does. Of course. The next step is, does it say, hey, Captain's Pod, on the comment? Basically, yes. Basically, <laughs> okay. Okay. basically Which yes. Which is why I'm allowed to claim it. This is from uh, Denise. Um, Denise uh, Gunders. And I'm so sorry. I haven't, Gunders, I haven't said any of those letters right. D-E-N-I-Z, G-U-N-D-U-Z. Hello. Um, and the message <laughs> is, OMG, just hearing Ian and Danae's voice in the intro gives me so much peace. I have never seen Star Trek, but I've been listening to the podcast since day one. Yeah! Yay! It is us! It's us on the main channel! Reading that message... <laughs> yeah, we are. Reading that message brought <laughs> me a great deal of peace. And I'm oh. honestly my favourite subsection of people that listen to the show... The people that continue to not watch a single episode of Star Trek. <laughs> They're still it's the best. Wild. It's amazing. It's so great. It's long, long may it continue. Um, thank you for your lovely message. Melissa Navia. Navia? Navia. Okay. Yeah. How do you say her last name? I don't know. I don't either. Ortega. Ortegas. Um, Ortegas. I don't know, but I know she's amazing on Twitter. Um, she sure I would is. Say and I've been- Navia. 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 Melissa Navia. Navia. Okay. So she's really interesting. I, I found her tweets last night. Yeah. Mm. So last night I was looking over Twitter. I happened across hers. And I really, as we've talked about on the show, like I've been really enjoying the SN, uh, SNW, almost said SNG. SNM. TN- yeah. Star Trek <laughs> SNM. That's TNG. something else. I'm just changing the S to a... <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Or T to S. Anyhow, I... um. I did something, Captain. Uh-huh. What did you do? Well, I just maybe sent her an email to see if she wanted to do an interview with us. Oh, that's amazing. Without getting permission from the captain first. <laughs> you outrank the captain, so do yeah. whatever I you do. want. I do. You, I, do. I mean, the good thing is you have diplomatic immunity, so you can mm. do whatever the hell you want, to be honest. It's literally in your job title as an ambassador to it, reach it out oh, to true. other yeah. people. Yes, so. that's actually me. I shouldn't be doing any reaching out. You've been <laughs> slacking. <laughs> Series to date, you have been slacking on making me do all the legwork, <gasps> reaching out to people. Captains always screw up first contact. Why do we have you, an ambassador there? You, well, why are you just now getting on to me about this? Listen, the fact that you didn't catch it is actually the problem. So, Oh, no, I caught it. I was just waiting to see how long it would be until you caught that I hadn't caught it. Oh, that's just good leadership right there. That's yeah. just good leadership mm-hmm. yep. right there. Mm-hmm. Be as passive aggressive as you can at every opportunity. <laughs> yep. Yep. I laid down to sleep around ten thirty. I could not actually rest until after mm. midnight. Yeah. So it's just like two hours laying there, like, oh, what up, should Brian? I do? Let's message All the, the things. helmsperson of the USS Enterprise. Let's do it. <laughs> Love it. I put my phone down. I pick it up. I put my phone down. I pick it up. Like this whole think, song and dance. I think I've of- located your problem. <laughs> 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 so yeah one of my struggle moments I, I found her tweet and i was like i'm just gonna send her an email and it wasn't very professional either like oh, i'm not no. saying that i was rude that's not what i'm saying like, hey the, dickhead the... <laughs> come on my show <laughs> uh, why haven't you reached out to us already god oh my, yeah right <laughs> do you <laughs> do not you know, not who, know we are? who we are <laughs> yeah <laughs> um me and my dad um watched episode one of strange new worlds together um, which is really awesome. nice. It was such a cool experience because it's always great when you know you're confident something is good and you're watching it together. So me and him watched all of season one of Picard side by side 
and we geeked out in episode one because like the Enterprise turns up, you're in 10 forward, a conversation between Data and Picard as they're playing cards. And that one opening like three minute discussion gave the entire series so much goodwill and grace that we didn't realize how bad it was for like the entire (laughs) first season. And looking back on it, we're both like, it was a bit black. I still love it, but it was, it wasn't quite what we wanted. Discovery, we've been on hot and cold on since it came out. We're like, okay, cool. Um, Watching Strange New Worlds with him, I was like, you're just going to like this. You you are just going to enjoy this. This is like the next generation. You're going to love the opening credits, everything. And he did, and he loved it. He enjoyed it so, so much. He geeked out with the opening credits and the theme music. He was just like, they're just fun. Like, this is just a, a great adventure. And I was like, enjoy like just go and watch the rest of the season enjoy it um yeah it was such a special little trek moment with dad that's great (laughs) where's my counselor (laughs) why does this mean so much to me my money don't jiggle jiggle it folds i hear that song one more time i will (laughs) rip off my own ears the jiggle jiggle thing is genuinely funny like it's it's it to me it's a statement on how like anything can be made cool, you know, like this guy is basically on a talk show. Right. And is like, yeah, I know how to rap. And then just does this rap that he was taught by actual rappers or whatever. And it's just old white guy, you know, saying stuff in rhythm kind of stuff. Well, then TikTok takes it, puts a backbeat behind it, puts a really cool rhythm to it. And they're doing like these cool dances to it. And it's I don't know. I the first time I saw it, I was like, that's awesome. And then once I knew more about it, um, I was like, that's kind of cool. But no, it is everywhere. Jiggle Jiggle is everywhere. Yeah, except for uh, not me. Yeah. I'm the I'm the old lady on the outside. <laughs> I don't know anything these days. Imagine if Weird Al made one 60-second song. <laughs> and that's the only one that you ever heard. Genius, clever, I'm sick of it. <laughs> <laughs> we like, well, obviously we, we sing cliches and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. The the shortest like turnaround I've seen from ha that's really funny to fuck me that's a cliche is on TikTok and it can happen in about seventy two hours like mm-hmm. it's so such a short turnaround because everyone jumps yeah. on it so that um um Kate Bush's running up that hill song is huge because of Stranger Things now it's now on every single TikTok video whether it's talking yeah. about loans um a new car a dance a comedy thing it it's just because it's the trendy song and it gets it's so vapid and grrr. yeah you need to delete grrr. it though you know i do you need to get off too because it really is all it is it's yes. just taste this variation of sugar isn't that amazing taste it again taste it again taste it again do it <laughs> take it um jiggle jiggle hey aaron remember that one mm-hmm. time ian tried to get us arrested <laughs> <laughs> shit Boy, are we ever ready. Boy, are we ever ready to record Captain's Pod here, Captain? Gee willikers, sir, can we record a podcast? Permission to jump into the recording room there, sir? All we need to know as a primer is that Danae has never... C-O-U-N-T-R-Y, right? Yes, but he says it country, so it's a little different. Got it, got it, okay, yeah. I have to get this edited today. Hey, man. 
this is part of doing it. It's just part of it. We I'll sit up now. I'll sit up now. Okay. That's where the magic lives, man. Oh, my goodness. Chill I apologize for the genius hilarity that just ensued. <laughs> yeah, sorry. This is fucking gold. I just like 15 minutes and we haven't even mentioned the show. It's amazing.